read this evening from Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting at verse 10. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt, from which it came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot, as a garden of herbs. But the land whither ye go in to possess it is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, if ye hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil, and I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Here is being described a land which had never been seen before. To my understanding is the title Deuteronomy means second law or the repeating of the law to this new generation. As we know, those that came out of Egypt, God delivered them in amazing fashion. Some of these to whom he was speaking, who had been 20 years old and younger, no doubt could remember and how they come through the Red Sea, and many had heard about that, how God had amazingly brought them through, and, and how God had provided for them, but we know many did not believe in God. Uh, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. I was reading several accounts, several commentaries. I can quote H.A. Ironside for one that said that um, the, the travel from Goshen to the Promised Land should have taken about 13 days, he said. And they wandered for 40 years. Well, trying to get 3 million people somewhere in 14 days is a little doing. But nonetheless, uh, uh, they, the, those that were 20 years old and, and older did not make it, except for Joshua and Caleb. Moses didn't even get to accept to see the Promised Land. But he's trying to describe them a land that was a lot different than Egypt, a lot different than the desert where they had wandered. God had provided for them. Uh, Debbie and I couldn't leave Roseburg yesterday till about about 5.30 or shortly thereafter, so we didn't get here in time for the whole sermon, but we heard some of it. I, I think it was mentioned how God provided for his people, uh, at least to some extent. And uh, When they were hungry, he gave them manna, quail, I gave them a pillar of fire to follow by day and a pillar of a pillar of a cloud by day and a fire by night and got water from the rock and when the waters were bitter he threw it in a, a tree and they became sweet and the miracles they had seen and yet he's trying to describe something that they had never seen. I don't know if someone's ever here tried to describe to someone something or maybe it was described to you. I think back when we were when we were kids. We all worked on the farm down, well, just down Quail Lane on the banks of the Yumpa, North Yumpa River. Uh, 
the owner at that time has passed away now, but his kids were our age, and, and, uh, but his name was Don. And uh, we, among other things, they uh, grew and baled a very high quality uh, of uh, alfalfa hay that we delivered on the southern Oregon coast over here. And uh, if you took Highway 42 out of, out of Roseburg there until you got to Coquille and head south on 101 uh, a little ways, you hadn't seen the ocean yet, but uh, you're right there on the coast highway, but then you turn east uh, just a little bit and do some, uh, take some switchbacks up the hill to uh, a dairy farm up there that we delivered to. And as you came around the corner, you looked out, and you could see the Pacific Ocean. And on sunny days, it was, it was just beautiful. But we saw it a lot. But there came a man visiting the, the cruises there. He had never seen the ocean before. And Don was trying to describe to him what it was like. But he told him, well, you can just go with me on one of these deliveries. And so Don told the story about how they took that way and down Highway 101 and turned east and began to take those switchbacks up the, up the hill. And he said they came around the corner and there was the ocean. And he said he looked over and that man had eyes wide and jaw dropped. And Don said, he, he said he told him, you know, the Pacific Ocean is bigger than the Atlantic Ocean. And the man said, boy, I guess. Never seen the ocean before. And uh, something that he could not have imagined in, until he saw it. And so maybe when he was explaining, when Moses was explaining to these uh, people, he says, it's not like Egypt, where you had to plant your seed and, and, uh, and, and, and water it with your foot. I, I, I think they had canals that, that came out of the Nile River, and, and uh, you would use what we would consider siphon systems and, and flood irrigation and, and uh, but, but in the land that you're going into, it's a land of hills and valleys, and the rain of heaven will, will come down and, uh, and, and water your crops. And if you serve me with all your heart, and if you, uh, uh, and, and this is just repetitive throughout the Old Testament, if, if you serve me and, and throw away your other gods, then, then I promise I will take care of you. His eyes were always over this land. I will give you the early rain, the latter rain. Your crops will grow, and I will provide for you. It wasn't like Egypt at all. When we traveled one year, uh, we, we went into the country of Moldova for four or five days. Uh, Moldova is a small uh, banana-shaped country, I, I think, uh, just north of Romania, and it's surrounded to the north by the Ukraine. And as we traveled in that country, one of the things we saw was field after field of sunflowers that they grow for uh, um, uh, ethanol and for the oil that they extract from the, from the seeds, I, I guess. Uh, but the, those fields were uh, two or three feet tall and, and dry and dying. And we asked the, uh, uh, the, the brothers there what, what happened, and they said, well, they... they, they plant their seed in, in the planting season, and then the rain comes, and, it, and those seeds germinate, and they begin to grow. But they, they, uh, uh, they trust in a rain that comes later, that, that brings, those, brings that crop uh, uh, along and, and grows to uh, fruition to where they can, uh, there would be a time of harvest. And that year it was dry, and they, it was all dying, and these field after field was a total loss, they said. And, of course, me being just a old farm boy, I, why don't you 
you put a pump in the river there and, and draw that water out and have irrigation pipe and sprinklers, and, but, but they don't really have, they don't understand that. They don't do that there. So they rely on, on, the, on the rain. God said if, 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 if his people would, would trust in him and serve him only, well, he, he, would, he would cause that rain to come. The early rain that would, that would cause their crops to, to germinate and begin to grow, and the latter rain that would bring those crops up and to fruition, and they would have, they would have a, a great harvest. A land of hills and valleys. Four or five years ago, my son and I, we uh, drove a ways up into the upper Cascades and then backpacked uh, four and a half or five miles into Maidu Lake. Beautiful, beautiful lake, about 7,000 feet up, and uh, crystal clear. And we could see up on the hill still snow. This was in July or June. and um, But you can see the little streams run down the hills into that lake and fill it up. And if you hike around the west side, that's where the flow of water goes out of Maidu Lake. And I've been down the other side. We didn't go this time, but I've been over there before. The water cascades down uh, several hundred feet quite quickly. And other streams join that uh, small stream. And about 125 miles later, it's called the North Umpqua River, which flows behind our house. And a few hundred yards farther, the South Umpqua River joins that makes the main Upqua River that goes 100 or so miles over to Reedsport and into the ocean. A land of hills and valleys. I was reminded of my, my brother Gary when he was back in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. He went deer hunting with the guys. And they told him, we're going to go up in the mountains and go deer hunting. And so he said they got up, I think, early one morning or something, and they, they drove several hours and and uh, they got out, and here we are, and Gary said he got out, and he said, where are the mountains? And they said, these are the mountains. And he said, these are not mountains. I'm, I'm from Oregon. We got mountains there. Well, we, in the spiritual sense, we come into a land of promise, like no other land, and we can't imagine Imagine for a moment, put yourself in, in Debbie in my shoes or my, my brothers or when we, you, you never heard of being born again and someone tries to describe to you what it's like and, and we don't know what that is. And then you experience it. Like, like my wife said, uh, get down and pray and ask the Lord, don't know the words to say. But just, just say from the heart, Lord, I want to serve you if you help me. I, I, will, I will serve you and get up a new person in Christ Jesus. Like, like something that no one can really explain to you. And then wonder, well, how am I going to keep this? And those old desires. At 19 years of age, I, I, was, I was a drug and alcohol addict. And the Lord delivered me instantly. I didn't know that was going to happen. Walked out of that place in that church that in Roseburg that Sunday night, delivered. Didn't even want, I didn't even like the smell of that stuff anymore. It wasn't a matter of couldn't do it, didn't want to. The desire gone. But you know, when, when the Lord saves us, it's, it's, it's a promised land, but it's, it's a land of hills and valleys. 
up on the mountaintop, the Lord blesses, you, you, the Lord saves you, and while you're, you, uh, you, you feel wonderful, you're delivered, well, a few tests and trials come along. Maybe that's down the valley, but the Lord, as the Lord are on us, in fact, he's more real down the valley, really. But it's a land that God cares for. We rely, we're a part of the latter rain gospel. In the book of Acts, it says that after Jesus was with the disciples, he, he, he told them, he was, he was, you know, they asked him, will you at this time restore the kingdom of God to Israel? He told them, it's not for you to know things that God has his own hand, in his own hand, that God has in his own power, in his own authority. But you shall receive power. You know, those two words, power, are different from each other. The first one speaks of God's power, his authority. The second one, I think the Greek word is, is dunamis. I think that's where we get the word dynamite. That, that's some power, isn't it? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. He says, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in the uttermost part of the world, you know, we start, we start witnessing where we are. My sister was saved at a Nazarene youth camp and was invited to the Apostolic Faith Church in Roseburg by school friends where she heard about victorious living and sanctification. And she embraced that teaching at that time in her life. And she uh, uh, would, would talk many times later years that she wanted to be a, a missionary. And she ended up being a missionary at 493 Quail Lane in Roseburg, Oregon, where we lived. She brought the gospel home to our house. She, she started in, in Jerusalem, and, and uh, that's, where, that's where we start. I, I've been privileged to travel some for this gospel, and, and I count it a great privilege every time. Uh, but every time I go, I, I can't help think about my neighbors and my own family that, that are unsaved. Uh, uh, but, but so... But, but Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven, uh, don't uh, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And we read in the second chapter of Acts that, that on the day of Pentecost, uh, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and the, and the Holy Spirit came down and abode on each one of them. And they spake with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And, and Peter preached a sermon and says there were added about 3,000 souls that day. Wow, special meetings, huh? The early rain, the former rain. And of course, we know from our own uh, church history uh, when the latter rain began in 1906, we point to Azusa Street uh, where the apostolic faith began. The latter rain gospel. You and I are a part of that. We are 
a part of that. It's who we are. So when he speaks of this early rain and the latter rain, you and I are part of the latter rain gospel of a salvation that saves from sin, of sanctification that, that purges uh, the Adamic nature out of our, out of our very life. Uh, and we are made holy. And we are commanded uh, to uh, tarry until we be endued with power from on high. That is the latter rain gospel. That is who we are, that we must receive our own Pentecost. Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask ye the Lord rain in the time of latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. We might wonder, well, where, where, where do I sit today? Well, we're in the time of latter rain. So we ask the Lord rain in the time of latter rain. Several years ago, Pastor Brother Tom Lambert and Sister Betty moved from Los Angeles to Roseburg. You know, Roseburg's a lot different than Los Angeles in climate and in other ways, too, I suppose. Brother Tom, we went down to uh, Los Angeles. He had a house that he was uh, wanting to put on the market, and uh, I helped him paint that house. That's what I do for a living. And um, we traveled across a bridge, and he said, look down there. And I looked down there, and there was this concrete causeway, and down the middle of that concrete was a little trickle of water, and he says, that's the Los Angeles River. He said, that's not like the river up in Roseburg, is it? And I said, no, it's not. But that first winter, he moved it uh, to Roseburg in late summer or fall. This is our uh, way of doing things, I guess. And uh, that first winter, I was talking to him on the phone one day, and he, and he said, he says, when is it going to quit raining? And it was about this time of year, I think, and I said, well, I'm, I don't know. I said, uh, it could rain a little bit longer. It could quit here pretty soon. It, it might rain a bit, and then the sun come out, and sometimes it rains with the sun out. And I said, sometimes it rains till camp meeting. This is Oregon. It rains. But look how green everything is. Look how everything grows wonderful. It rains in Oregon. It rains in Portland. It should be raining in this latter rain gospel. It, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't surprise us when the Lord rains down his blessing. It might amaze us, but it should not surprise us. In fact, we should be asking for the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. That's why at the close of our services we always have time to pray. We always have time for, for people to, to, you know, that when Debbie talked about that night we got saved, we were sitting in the back of the church. Uh, my brother, my brother Daryl, he, he kept inviting me to church, kept inviting me, kept inviting me. And, and uh, one day he told me, he says, if you just come one time, I will quit bugging you. And I remember thinking it'd be worth it just to come, and so he'd leave me alone. So I did, I came. You know, the Lord spoke to me from that day forward in an amazing way. And that evening, 
uh, we wandered into church, sat in the back. I, I imagine people looked at, at me and thought, you know, he's not really a candidate. He, he's not someone. But, oh, my heart, I, I cried out for God at the close of that meeting. I, I, I leaned over and I told her, I'm going up there. And I stepped out. You know, I think the Lord saved me back there. It was a long way, all of 30 feet or so. It seemed like a long way to me. But there forward I went and on my knees, and the Lord saved me. Why, I, I became a part of this latter rain gospel. Uh, the Lord sanctified me there in Roseburg. The Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit there in Roseburg. I, I, I love it there. I really do. Uh, uh, but, 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 and I love being a part of the latter rain gospel. So you and I have an opportunity this evening to step out to come forward, or to kneel where you are, but, but make a decision that you're going to ask the Lord of the rain for rain in this time of latter rain gospel. And don't be surprised when he answers. You may be amazed, but you will not be surprised because we are a part of this latter rain gospel. <laughs> 